All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life Between the Sticks featuring Cody Cropper, your host, Brandon. And uh, we are back with another episode. Uh, let's see, where are we? Where, where is that? Match week eight? Match, match week eight, yes. Wow, and we have Christian Ramirez. Teams in. We've got one of the uh, top goal scorers, might I add. It's been on fire the last few weeks. Yeah. Been on fire. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to. That's right. So we're excited to have you on. Uh, obviously, at Columbus right now, uh, we got a, a lot to touch on. It's it's good to have a striker, uh, one of the uh, oppositions to Cody and my crew. But uh, Christian, we were talking for the call. Uh, I saw you again run around in Blaine, Minnesota, NASL days uh, for what was the team called again back then? I was still Minnesota United. Um, yeah, when I joined, at least it was. I think it was the second year that it was Minnesota United. The That's right. Previous, previous to Dr. Bill was Minnesota Stars, I think. And that was um, one of them. Thunder, Thunder, Thunder. too. Yeah. They had Thunder, they had Minnesota Stars. Yep. Um, they had the NSC Stars, I believe. That's right. All yeah, over the NSC place. Stars, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Minnesota keeps trying to go with the Stars theme, and it never works out, like with the hockey team leaving. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so NASL days, obviously wrote it to MLS, uh, but then you took a little, little side tour. You're in Scotland. Uh, what was that like? Leaving MLS, California boy going to the rainy gray days of Scotland. What was it like playing in, uh, the Scottish Premier League? It was great for sure. Uh, uh, especially up in Aberdeen, uh, all the buildings are, are gray. Um, it's very dark, uh, during the winter times, like I'm Cody, I know you know, in the, in the UK, how dark the winters get so early yeah. in the day. Um, so yeah. it made for some long nights, but it was enjoyable. Um, got to experience new culture with my family. Um, and we really took, took it all in. We traveled when we had days off, um, around Europe and yeah, I mean, it was awesome to have that culture of experience. And, um, I didn't think at 31, I was going to be able to, uh, thought my days going abroad were done, but hey, sometimes uh, things take a, a wild turn. And yeah, pretty happy how it was. Yeah, I can definitely support and confirm the the dark winter days in in the UK. Um, They're like turning on is, the floodlights for two p.m. Oh, training. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> Not even a two p.m. training. Some days. Some days it's like an 8 a.m. and it's like pitch black and you're like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Fog rolls yeah, in. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's especially when you get home from training, say 2.30, and then by 3.45, you're like, oh, it's it's done. The day's it's done. It's pitch black again. I've yeah. always I've always said I, I can't imagine the people who, like I use my dad as an example here. He goes to work at 4 a.m. Um, and comes back home at like 5 if somebody that does that shift in the UK, they're never seeing sun. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. It's very, it's very true, especially the further North you go too. So, yeah. you know, thankfully and I, and during my time really in Southampton, <laughs> yeah. During my time in Southampton, I got a little bit of sunlight from like 7am to six, but the further North you go, it's eight yeah. to eight to five, maybe nine to four. And it, it gets tough. It definitely gets tough. Yeah. What uh what are some of the like the biggest differences for you? I mean, Scotland, you always always hear about the old firm Derby and 
and um, you know, kind of maybe being a rougher, tougher league. But to be fair, there's been a bunch of Americans that have gone through the Scottish Premier League. So I, what was it like for you out there? It was, it was cool. I mean, like you said, uh, some of the, the derbies, um, just living in that. I mean, there's a big rivalry between Aberdeen and Rangers. So very hostile when we went to Ibrox. Um, that first time that we went to Ibrox, uh, I scored six minutes in. And we were up 2-0 at Ibrox. And so just to see their crowd turn on them so quickly, um, I hadn't seen something so negative uh, like playing playing uh, so far. And then obviously being able to experience playing in European football, playing in places like Azerbaijan, um, playing in Iceland and, and Sweden. So, yeah, I got a mix of everything. But, um, yeah, definitely some... Uh, some rough moments there. Please tell me you scored against Stevie G's Rangers. Yeah, I did. Ah, yeah, that, was, that was, that was the first, that was, that was my, my goal against Rangers was Stevie G right before he left. He left, I think, I want to say like a month after or three weeks after. Um, He'd had enough of Christian. Uh, they were good. They were good. But yeah. um, we, for some reason, when we, when I got there that first year, we played so well against Celtic and Rangers. Um, we just struggled against the bottom teams and yeah. it was just, it was weird. Like we could get, I don't know what it was, but we'd get up for, for those games. And then against the, the bottom half of the teams, we just couldn't find the back of the net or something would go wrong and we couldn't deal with, with it. So um, yeah, it was a learning experience. That's for sure. Nice. Well, Cody, obviously you spent your time on the rock. Hey, you got, Got a little bit of shade thrown at you from uh, PLN USA. They uh, tagged a bunch of goalkeepers on Instagram, American goalkeepers. And they left you off. They did, yeah, yeah. Premier Premier League USA is that what it's? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they threw out like six goalkeepers, but even Gaga mentioned me. They mentioned Gaga, but not me. That's okay. You know, it's because I wasn't purchased or you know anything like that. I I kind of went under the radar and came back to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I was a little what? disappointed when I saw that. My feelings were a little hurt, I must admit. Hey, man, your stands, we went to bat for you. We were in the comments. Let them know. <laughs> you forgot our boy oh, Cody Cropper. <laughs> Dang. What did you, did you make any cup appearances for Southampton? No. Dang. <clears throat> All no. right. But I was on the bench 15, like 15 times. Surely that counts. If Gaga's, If Gaga gets his mention... And he's and he hasn't even been squad, on the bench. Man. <laughs> he's, he's on the dev squad, hasn't even yeah. been on the bench for the first team, and he gets no, a mention. He's traveled, but that's, that's it. So yeah. Well, anyways, uh, well, Christian, we're super excited to have you here. Um, yeah. even if you're a striker, no worries. I think it'll be good to have an opposing perspective because <laughs> holy shit, gentlemen, this weekend was jam-packed yes. with goals. Uh, some of them in regulation, some of them in the 98th minute, Christian. But hey, we'll uh, we'll cover some of the big ones, right? Um, uh, the standings to kick it off. This is not a this is not a joke. New England Revolution are in first place in the Eastern Conference right now. Cincinnati second, crazy. Atlanta third, Columbus fourth, and then hey. on the flip side, on the Western, we should be in first after the, the, this last weekend. We sort of blew that one. Ooh. It, look, I'll it is it. tight. 17 points apiece for New England and Cincinnati, 15 Atlanta, and your crew, uh, the Columbus, on 14. You felt like you should have been in 16 on that one? 
Yeah, I mean, credit to New England when they came out. Um, sort of had us had us running around the first half. Um, I thought we settled good into the game at, in the second half, and then we had that fluke own goal, um, and then we were just chasing and managed to get a draw in the 98th minute. So Yeah, a very controversial 98th minute goal, yeah. I might add. Yeah. However, yeah, that, that's what I was hearing. But he took, I mean, but to to be fair, he did take ages on that VAR and didn't yes. add any of that time um, to the sure. five, I think, or six he gave. Um, but yeah, it was crazy just to, I lost track of time because we scored and I was like, oh, we still got two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, it's funny because when you're in those moments, you never realize how much, like you hear, okay, the ref has added six additional minutes but in those six minutes you have no idea how long has actually been played or you're sitting there stops right exactly i even find that frustrating as a fan i'm like all right give me some indication because on the broadcast the clock is still going so i'm like oh got it 96 minutes why do they do you think that they do it to take the pressure off the referee to give them complete control of when to blow the whistle and not have 25,000 people down their throat if they blow it earlier way late yeah maybe I, I don't know because there was one one moment where they had a goal kick and he said something like three minutes to somebody who asked and I looked around and I was like three minutes already like didn't you just say six um so like time just seems to either if you're chasing a game it seems to fly by and if you're holding on to a lead it just seems to stop yeah I agree. I agree. Look, the broadcast, it's on TV. Like if you had your phone up, so we had a Chelsea game in the Champions League with Dortmund, and we couldn't wait for the game to end. And we actually had a fan who pulled up the live stream just so they could see how much time was still left. It's a bit funny. But anyways, uh, play to the whistle, right? And that's what you guys did to the final. Uh, On the Western Conference, St. Louis, uh, they are back on the winning ways. 18 points, LAFC 17, Seattle 16, and Dallas 14 for the top four there. But uh, gentlemen, we had some pretty, pretty wild games um, that we we have to touch on. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Do we do Portland, Seattle to kick it off, Cody? What do you think? Yeah, sure. Why not? This game was wild. It was 0-0 in the 58th minute, and it ended 4-1. We had five well, goals a- in the last 35 minutes. Obviously a big rivalry. Uh, Portland hosting Seattle. Seattle in good form. Uh, Portland struggling to find their feet a little bit, but not tonight. I think this just goes to show you, Cody, a Derby day brings out the best of teams, uh, even when maybe yeah. they're not in the best of form. I agree. I think the first, the first, I mean, like you said, the first 55 minutes, whatever it might have been, were scoreless. However, the first half was awful. There was no... I, I shouldn't say awful. It, it was it was not entertaining. Let's just say that. And you you're comparing the first half to the second half. You you get into the second half and it's just goals galore, right? And and Christian as a striker, I mean, when things are starting to go your way, they're obviously they start the ball starts to fall in the right position and it's a first time strike and it's in the top and it's in the top corner, right? Yeah, and. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Spree is good for a bicycle kick once a once a year. <laughs> yeah. hey, Just man. about, yeah. Quite and it's always and it's always yeah. a contender for goal of the season. Too. Yeah, it's incredible. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know how how he manages to pull them off every year. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, he said it's Portland's. Portland's one of those that you know, come middle end of the season, they're always going to find their way. Geo, uh, going back to the NSL days, Geo has a way with his teams. He he knows how to manage them, and um, yeah, Portland is always a, a tough place to play, obviously, and a tough team to play against, especially up there especially yeah. when they're finding their groove. Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a great point that Gio always finds a way to get the best out of his team on or in the moments that matter most, right? And and we've heard from from guys like Zarek Valentin who have said the same thing where they always find a way to win. And come the end of the season, come the middle of the season, they start to find that groove and they are dangerous. Teams right now battling probably the most injuries, and then yeah. you don't see you don't see that with this result. Yeah. No, but Geo Geo puts that to the side and manages to to get this huge result for them, and it could be a, a quick turning point for them. Agreed. I yeah, to your point, Portland Portland's got five out. Um, you know, Seattle one out, and uh, a couple knee injuries, a cruciate ligament to Eric Williamson. Wasn't that just recent yeah. too? Yeah, that was this past week. Freshly. That sucks. And then a couple of hamstrings. So, I mean, you know, like they're missing people for long parts of the time as well. Um, you know, Seattle, they've been in fine form. You know, Jordan Morris has been absolutely on fire, but they just kind of like hit a hit a bit of a road bump with this one. And it's to the point where uh, it's kind of funny when you see these headlines. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of people are very appreciative when when a coach gives us one. If my MLS website will load, but essentially Schmetzer was like rivalry. What rivalry? We never beat Portland. And it's a bit of a bulky team for Seattle. Interesting. I didn't read that, but yeah. I I can agree with the fact that Seattle looked like they'd hit, been hit by a bus when Aspria scored that goal. I think that goal caught them so off guard and they just did not know how to respond. They didn't. Uh, Portland yeah. scored about every five minutes for 20 minutes and just buried yeah. four. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what, uh, these are the results. Wild. Love to see it. Love to see the goals. Uh, but the Derby effect was totally, totally there. And like I said, it, uh, it takes Portland from five points to eight, which is a massively needed three points are just uh, inside the playoff at this point. You know, Seattle would have taken them into the top in the West, but unfortunately, uh, they're just not there. They're they're in third right now. Um, I hear Seattle. We always hear it's a hard place to play. Portland, thoughts, gentlemen? What is it like to play against, uh, you know, especially you, Cody, and goal when you know that there's someone with a chainsaw behind you? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, it's very difficult when – <laughs> you go there and you concede and then all you hear is <laughs> and you're sitting there like, Oh, good Lord. Isn't it Joey? And then, Joey is his name. Yeah. And then, you know, five seconds after the chainsaw starts up, they start coming back down your throat and you're going, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh yeah. Portland is tough for sure. You had, you had that atmosphere with artificial surface and just the way they play at home. Yeah, they've been a place as a, as a fortress for sure. You uh, you mentioned it there. Do you have a big preference on uh, natural versus synthetic, Christian? Oh, natural, 100%. Yeah. All day long. All day oh, long. Oh, yeah. 
than that even a question. Is yeah. it about 50-50 but, split? What do you mean? No. Between turf and uh, natural in the league or way more teams still have natural surfaces? I know. I think there's only like four or five. Four. Oh, Atlanta, that's not bad at all. Atlanta. England, Atlanta, Vancouver, Charlotte. Um, Seattle, Portland. Seattle, Portland. Seattle, so six. six. Hey, yeah. okay. Six out of 29 is not bad at all. That's not actually at all. Yeah, about 20% right there. So um, that's good to know, you know, and I know there's been a lot of talk about that uh, amongst the players in the league right now. And as we look ahead to 2026 World Cup, the World Cup will not play on synthetic, but isn't Atlanta one of the host sites? So they got to roll out grass and all this stuff. So it's yeah. going to be something. It could be a good opportunity to um, yeah. maybe change up the uh, Vancouver MLS. Vancouver's the same thing that that year leading into the World Cup, they will tear the turf out and lay grass. They're not going to put it on top. They're going to make a transition. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. You can't. They also, by that time, they may need to simply replace the turf. So it may just be a good opportunity to just (laughs) tear it out, replace it and get somebody else to pay for it. Right. I mean, look, the Super Bowl paid what? $750,000 for that field to be used once in Arizona. Like, yep. hey, I don't know if you guys are nerds like me, but I we we looked into the FIFA accounts. They got money. They can do mm-hmm. it. They're just fine. Oh yeah, they are well, financially stable. Hopefully, hopefully improve some of the facilities. But um, anyways, uh, before we move over to this, uh, forgot to tell you, Christian, but Cody always likes to plug a product that he's a big fan of, and uh, this week he's got some protein powder from Motivate. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, protein. Protein. This is a non-GMO product that is high quality protein. It is perfect for anyone looking to increase their protein intake, just for muscle building, weight loss, or simply a convenient source of protein on the go. It's good for protein bowls, protein shakes, oatmeal, anything you want to add it to. You just One of my uh, favorites. you just dry heave it in. Uh, I've seen guys do that, but I have not done that. So, and I yeah, don't that, plan on that's it. torture. Yeah, I think Sebastian Berhalter used to do uh, creatine straight down the hatchet. I could see the I've pre workout, the creatine, but man, protein is too much. Yeah. Um, anyways, Chris, I'm sure you're a big protein guy, let alone you know, you gotta have the hold off those those obnoxious defenders. <laughs> I, I'm actually like in my overnight oats phase right now. Nice. Cody was just talking about that. Yes. I'm doing that too. Yeah. All right. That's a good good one for for, uh, for my cabinet. There you go. I love it. Well, again, it's uh, a great way to get the protein, right? Straight away in the morning. Obviously, as professional athletes, we... We need a lot of protein just to help our muscles recover. uh, And overnight oats is a great way to do it. So... I love it. Uh, link in the description again, motivate huge partner, Cody, uh, helping fuel professional athletes around the league, but yes. we're going to pivot right back. Um, right back to the league. Here we go. Uh, St. Louis city SC versus Cincinnati FC Cincy, uh, was at the top of the league, uh, doing quite well. Uh, got the jacket from when you were there, Cody behind me, uh, St. Louis absolutely took the league by storm tripped up Minnesota United, Pipped them off, then Seattle, and I was like, oh, no, Christian, are they going to lose three in a row since you're in good form? I know St. Louis are back home. I think someone forgot to tell St. Louis that they were in a bad run of form because they came out in front of their home audience and just had all the confidence in the world. Yeah, I think uh, 
that's uh, they're one of the teams that are going to be tough to figure out. Like, yeah. It seems like they just have such a short memory on both when they're playing and based off results, they just can put away a result no matter yep. if they won or, or lost. It's just like, no, nope. they're, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because at the beginning of the year, everybody was saying they weren't going to be good. I look at them. They look like they're Man City. <laughs> All they yeah, need is that's... a Brazilian forward who played in Belgium, apparently. Yeah, I mean, look, that atmosphere they... seems incredible, though. Yeah, that's just the camaraderie, the camaraderie that the players have, the atmosphere that the fans have created, the stadium that the organization has built. I mean, look at the look at the support after a two hour weather delay and tornado warnings. They still had a packed stadium. I mean, that says that's that speaks volumes to the commitment of the community. They love it. I tell you what, we've, yeah. we've mentioned it. Um, you know, St. Louis is a proper <clears throat> soccer city in America, and uh, they're, they're they've been waiting for a professional soccer team since the MLS began. Uh, you know, but like Christian, I mean, you said it, it like people are trying to figure them out. It's the first time in the league. You know, we've seen other expansion teams come in and not do great. Uh, they, they, for whatever reason have just, they had a system, they came in, obviously they kind of tested it in USL. They've had no problem whatsoever adapting to this league. And like, they have even more goal scorers now. And to see like Stroud have such a good game, you know, Klaus with an assist finally, but you have to admit everything they hit, it seemed like was on frame. Uh, Celentano had a hell of a day. Poor guy had one go off the back of his head and roll in, but like yeah. St. Louis tough. city, just swagger and confidence. Yeah. Especially against Cincinnati, who I think they've been one of the best defensive teams so far uh, yeah. this early on in the season. So mm-hmm. but that performance out pretty impressive for sure. No, yeah, I was I, I was actually going to bring this up, Christian, is Cincinnati, like you said, has been a very strong defensive team. And I think you can attest to the fact that they are very strong on set pieces. Their goalkeeping coach, Paul Rogers, who we both worked with at Cincinnati or at Houston, is yeah. adamant and very proud of his ability to manage the set piece, you know, the set piece system. He sets guys up. He runs through it. He takes charge of that hole. How upset do you think this guy is going to be when they walk in either probably, they probably walked in this morning and got reamed out, but, and went over all of this, but how upset do you think he was or will be when he goes through that video and they have conceded two goals off of the second phase of a set piece, knowing him and having worked with him. He'll bring he'll bring it up every day this week, and then when they go over it on Friday, he'll he'll mention it again, and he'll mention it the day of the game in the yeah. locker room. Yeah, so he's he's gonna be uh he's got his work cut out this week for him uh, yeah. for sure. He'll I think he'll he'll go back to if he hasn't already go back to running the set pieces before the game live. They have um, yep so. Yeah, yeah, he Paul's a good guy. Yeah, Paul's a great guy. And I think I said it in one of the first weeks of the season how upset he would be. They conceded 
they conceded from a direct directly from a, a corner. So they conceded in the first phase of a corner and he was extremely upset. You could visibly see it on the sideline and the, in when they showed the coaching staff, I think he will be extremely upset. And like you said, he will mention it every day in training this week. It will be uh, an interesting one for, for Cincinnati because they obviously pride themselves on the, on their defensive ability and their uh, ability to have conceded a few amount of goals rather than many. So we'll see how they respond. How about, how about Cincy though? Just in general, like they've been such a strong team. I think Celitano is leading the league in shutouts. Um, they've been able to go on a really good run. Uh, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk of Brandon Vasquez, but it seems like they've really had to pull together as a team and there's not just one person leading that group there. Um, again, like Cincy, I think was in the lead after seven and without this slip up, they would have been up there again, Cody. Um, you know, they, again, they're just seem to be going from strength to strength. It's a little bit of a blip, but um, they've really put a really strong run together this season. Yeah, I I, I think that they have. Um, but I again, that comes back around to the job that they have been able to do in the front office, hiring the right general manager, hiring the right coach, and then those guys bringing in the right type of players to fit the system that they want to build and that they want to play. Now you look at their ability to defend, like Christian said, they pride themselves defensively. Celentano obviously has uh, either the most or the second most clean sheets in the league. They're doing something right. However, this is a bit of a blip. I think that they have a lot to work on because in trans in defensive transition, they looked very disorganized. So that was goals two and four. And then obviously goals one and three were set pieces. So those are simple things that I believe their coaching staff will work on with them this week and, you know, try to clean up. Uh, Christian, from your perspective. So uh, since he has to bounce back, they host Portland at home. Uh, St. Louis is going to go on the road to Colorado and probably continue their, their winning streak. No offense, Colorado, but we all know how their season's going. Uh, what is it like in the MLS, like having to bounce back, knowing that any team can beat anyone in the league, which we continue to see week in, week out? Um, how, like, how do you how do you think since he's going to try to regroup after after that five one loss? I mean, I think that's the beauty of the MLS is any weekend it's unexpected <laughs> what could happen. Um, but I mean, don't be fooled by Colorado's record so far. Going to Colorado is tough. That the 60th minute hits you and it seems like they just come alive because your lungs can't go anymore. Um, yeah. That altitude starts to kick in, but um, yeah. And then since he's got Portland at home, you said. Yeah. Yep. And Portland, that would be, be a good one, especially because Portland on, on the road, they'll try and hit you on the counter and sit in. Um, so it may, it may work against Cincy. But since he has those front three up top, uh, any given moment can pull something out. Which, which I'll be interested to see if what uh, Tom posted about Brenner, if he's actually sold um, and is gone this summer, how in the middle of the season they replace him. Um, yeah, that's a that's like a great point. Those three have such great chemistry up top. Um, yeah. You remove one middle of the 
season and you don't get the right one to replace, it could dry up um, the goals for that team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And and I was going to ask you, what do you think of that Brandon's performances so far this year? Obviously, he hasn't been on par with his performances or his goal scoring record to this point last year. Do you think that maybe the, the drama with Brenner possibly leaving the injury to Lucho earlier in the year has impacted, has impacted Uh, him? I don't know that necessarily, but I think maybe now teams are fully game planning for him. Yeah. Whereas prior he could maybe early on last year, maybe caught some guys by surprise, got some teams by surprise. And then teams were trying to figure out what was the best way to, to shut those three down. And he was a big focal point. Um, So now that he's got everybody's attention. um, Yeah. He'll, he'll be fine. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll start to to find his groove and his pockets of where he can be successful. um, Yeah. Sooner rather than later. Um, But I think it is an adjustment for him for sure to now be the full focus of, okay, we know it's Acosta and him. Uh, and then Brenner's coming in. So, yeah, I think I think it, it's probably just a slight adjustment period for him, and um, he'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah, I would agree. Good insight. Yeah, they, uh, they don't say how much Brenner's going for, but apparently there's been an agreement between Udinese and FC Cincy. They said it'll be uh, top 10 most expensive outbound transfers in league history. So that obviously would give us an idea of what that bracket is. It'll give him a lot of money to reload. And if it goes in the summer, that's when the pretty much the rest of the world's transfer market is open. Uh, at least they'll have a little bit of money to spend, but you know, it's, it's hard to replace a proven prospect, isn't it? Cause MLS is a unique league. It is. It is a very unique league. And to be honest, a lot of people thought that they missed with Brenner in his first season because he struggled massively. And when they, because I was there that year and he was great off the field. He was struggling on the field. I think a lot of aspects off the field were impacting his on-field performances. However, when they changed the coaching staff and they changed the front office, they found they found a way to get him going and since then it has been you know it's it's been everything forward all eyes have been forward and he's been performing well and he's been scoring goals and, and getting assists and that 13 million that they paid for him you have to think that whatever they agreed with Udinese is 5 to 10 million more I, Arguably, I think I, if I'm guessing, I think they're going to take a loss on this transfer think, fee. Okay. But, but they're going to keep a percentage of sale for the next one. Okay. I, I think that's how, the, I don't know. I just think like, for some reason. You don't see Udinese paying more than $13 yes, million. Just because, of who, just because of the club that it is. If yeah. it was somebody in the prem or something like that, then okay, for sure. But for sure, it must be something to do with like his dreams to play abroad, um, and this is his next step. Yeah, but, yeah. Like you and said, he he struggled initially, and um, that new coaching staff, what 
whatever they did gave him full confidence. And sometimes that's just what, what a young player needs is somebody yeah. who just believes in him and won't hold, won't hold every mistake on him. Like, because that, those young, young players that I think can use Aiden Morris right now as an example here, like Wolford's letting him make mistakes, but he's backing him and giving him full confidence and the kids repaying him. And because he's playing yeah. free and, uh, that's just goes to show what sometimes a little bit of a freedom from a coach on a young player goes a long way. Yeah. I think that that's a great point because you could also look at Brandon Vasquez and use him as an example during the same time frame. Brandon couldn't even get into the starting 11 when Renner was the starting, was the starting striker starting nine mm-hmm. under Yap Stom. And Brenner wasn't scoring. Brandon couldn't even get a sniff. And now they play both of them together and they're both firing on all cylinders. And they were for the last, or they have been for the last 12 months. I, uh, I tell you what, the more I read into this league is I'm a bit of a rookie Christian. I apologize in advance. Uh, it's your point. They paid 13 million. They've had them for, two seasons. So there's some amortization, right? So his costs have come down to your point, even if they sell him for 10, it's probably a wash, get that sell on clause. He's 23. Uh, is he Brazilian? Yes. Okay. MLS site doesn't even include that in the bio. So thank you, MLS soccer. <laughs> um, he's gonna, there's a really good chance, right? That he's going to be able to do something. And so they're clearly playing the, uh, the long game with that, which is interesting. Um, but as, uh, as Tom Bogart's right up as I'm reading here, I'd never heard of the wooden spoon in MLS. Gentlemen, nothing. Nope. Apparently nope. that's what the last place in MLS get is they they're called the wooden spoon finish. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Okay. The, interesting. Um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Did we get the wooden spoon in Houston? No, no, we, oh, we just missed out. We just missed out. It said since he's had it three years in a row until last year when they made the playoffs. So uh, quite interesting. This league is a bit funny with that, but yeah, we'll see. It sounds like it'll probably happen in the summer. It's a bit of a formality. Uh, So we'll see how they replace uh, because they're obviously in the hunt. They're not going to take the foot off the pedal. They were going to want to be competitive, find something, figure it out uh, without disrupting the team too much. Uh, But last, but certainly not least uh, Christian, El Trafico, something you might know a little bit about, huh? Yeah, yeah. It fi- we find we finally got one after the uh, the delay at the beginning of the season. Yeah, what a weird what a weird uh, schedule. We've talked about this before. They were going to have both El Traficos in the first eight weeks of the season. Yeah, that's mad. That's well, I think that's terrible they're, scheduling. They're going to play in the Open Cup as well. Uh, yeah. At some point, they're gonna, yeah, they'll probably play in Leagues Cup against each other. Uh, it just but seems like they always play against each other. Always, always, and I I completely agree with that. However, it's not a guarantee, and to schedule both of their meetings in the first eight weeks is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Again, it's just MLS just... scheduling for you. It's blowing my brain. Like I just, I can't comprehend it. And it's confusing, especially like stack the deck in your favor, like maximize. I'm probably one of the hottest televised games, but not so much this season. 
Uh, LA have struggled. I think we've talked about it a couple of times. Galaxy. Uh, yeah, uh, that's true. Galaxy uh, are struggling on and off the pitch. Uh, but kudos to them. Like they at least put up a fight. They were home. Um, but you know, Vela getting off the mark a little bit lucky fell to him opened up beautifully bent it in far post. Uh, then you have the, uh, Boyd with an absolute smash of a goal, um, penalty, obviously in the 68th and then LAFC double down with Hollingshead in the 70th, uh, but Delgado in the 84th, just to make it interesting. Um, Mm it, it, it was exciting to be fair. I thought LAFC were just going to walk, uh, galaxy put up a fight, Cody. Uh, we saw some fantastic goals. And I think all around it was it was a good showing to remind you Darby means something to these teams. They don't like each other. Yeah, I I agree. I think that goes with any Darby. However, I think Christian can speak more to this specific Darby. Yeah, no, I think that that's a especially playing away. At, I think still dignity held now. Yeah, um, and. I think it was 3,000 fans for LAFC were in that stadium. And they were like going down yeah. a narrow corridor. So it, oh, looked yeah. So they let, they let them in an hour before anybody else gets let in because the first, the first time we played there, there was fights in the stands. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty dangerous. But Do they have um, an away fan section at least kind of like in Europe? Yeah. But then the family section mm. uh, isn't, where the supporter section is so it's yeah it's a little yeah it was a little mix-up interesting um, yeah but no that that game was probably just how any el tropico is just, yeah i think the over under is always five goals um but galaxy looked good for the first 30 minutes and then yeah they did the way their season's going when your season's going the way it is it feels like one bad little unlucky bounce goes to obviously of course vela in his sweet spot. Um, and then Galaxy shoot themselves in the foot with that throw in uh, for whatever reason to get a, give them a penalty again. Um, yeah. It's not looking good right now for Galaxy, but still early on. I know from speaking to Memo that they have high hopes this season. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how they turn it around. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, you hope that a team with the experience, the history that Galaxy has is able to turn it around because you don't like to see Well, as players, you don't like to see it, but as a league, you know, Don Garber and the league are not happy with where the Galaxy are at right now. Um, they are a staple franchise. Whoa, you saying they got favorites, huh? 100 percent they have favorites what he's saying is use the nba as an example the nba is better when the lakers are better that is the lakers are good the nba is good wow so okay so the galaxy when the galaxy are good the mls is better it it helps yeah it does i would agree i would agree you gotta think the galaxy was that first global brand the galactolos of the mls yeah. yeah, I grew up going to watch Beckham and stuff uh, yep. play and Landon and Keane. Um, and it just seems, uh, though, like being being from L.A., it just seems, and playing for them, that LAFC just, they 
execute so well both on and off the pitch on taking uh, taking over LA and you see it everywhere in LA. Yeah. They, I they're making I so agree. much noise everywhere and um I know one of the guys who I first met when um LA named Rich he he does such a fantastic job he has um, Cody, if you remember when you come into the LAFC stadium uh, and you're walking out the pitch through that tunnel, yeah. there's a, a pitch side suite that mm-hmm. he he runs and he brings all the celebrities there. Every game he's rotating celebrities. So he's brought that feel of LA to um, what now is BMO Field, was the bank. But he's done such a fantastic job and he just has this LAFC has their fingerprints everywhere in LA. Yeah, I agree. And and I think you you touch on that aspect where they you know, they really relate to the city of LA. They relate to the to Hollywood, right? However, you look at what Thorington has been able to do in the front office there, and since day 1, he has signed the right players. He's sold them at the right time. He's replaced them with guys that then come back and deliver what they just got rid of, right? Like we're talking about Cincinnati possibly selling Brenner. Like John Thorrington is has done it, has been there and done it. And he's built a team that has been able to adapt since they've come into the league. And he's not only signed players, but he's gone out and signed coaching staff at the right times too. He's got very few misses. Yes. I would agree. LAFC just seems like they are super connected to the city. Their fans are a fun, fun time out. Uh, We've got some Chelsea fans that are LAFC fans. And just, I watch like their social media and I'm like, dang, that looks like a day out. They've got like barbecues, like they're doing the whole thing. It's a blast. And then on the pitch, I mean, LAFC have done so well, um, just like you said, kind of building. And especially, guys, Chivas Guadalajara, that's what used to be there, right? Like Chivas USA. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like the Chivas team, right? The the sister team of Guadalajara. That that was an unmitigated disaster. And to turn around and like... One of my friends played for that. Zarek also played there. Zarek played there. Yeah, Zarek yeah. played for them. I would. I'm, was my buddy. He played for them. He used to. They used to. You could walk up to, what, was the Home Depot Center at that time, and they would just give you a ticket to go in, like the last year of Chivas USA. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then uh, I mean, look they had a lot of good it. players play for them though. Look, look how they rebuilt that though, and like LA clearly is a two franchise town. There's no reason for not. And uh, it's been just super cool to kind of see this really take off there and, and do well. Um, you know, look, they've had their own superstar signings. Cody, we we joked in the background. I was like, wow, another European player goes there. I was like, hmm, why don't they go to Vancouver or anything like that? And you're like, <laughs> no, it just no. that's not how things work. No, they the superstars want, I think, three cities right now. Uh, well, the big European players do. They want um, New York, Miami. Or LA. That's what I. That's what I think, based on players that I've spoken to. Man, those I are, get it. 
I get those it. Those are the bigger but... markets, but th- those are the markets that when you're overseas, and I think Christian, you could probably attest to this guys are like, those are the, those are where they go to party right in the off season. So then that's kind of what maybe draws them into possibly going and playing there. And I know Vegas will become a big one because a lot of guys in Europe love Vegas hey, in the off season. Don't do it. NFL has struggled. Way too many guys have not adjusted to the lifestyle of Vegas. Mm-hmm. Be careful. That does not surprise me at Be all. Be careful. Oh, man. Um, LAFC didn't even have a full bench. I don't know. Is that, isn't that oh, kind of weird? I didn't know that. That is, no, probably some injuries, maybe some illness. Don't bring up any of like the uh, MLS2 guys. No, they were in Houston. Yeah, they had an away game. So. My, my brother plays for them. Oh, nice. Oh, is he still there? He's not at Columbus? Yeah. He, no, my brother's uh, with LAFC too, but he's on a, on a, what do you call it, on academy contract because he's going to USD in the fall. Okay. He's He, he has to have uh, his knee cleaned up because he had a torn meniscus, so he'll be back oh. shortly. Yeah, he'll be back. I've I've had three of those, so it's a quick recovery. Yeah. Is he following yeah. in Big Bro's footsteps? Yeah, he's yeah. he's played for LAFC Academy for the last four years, and he led the okay. nation in scoring three out of those. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So maybe he's better than Big Bro. No, I think so. Hopefully, yeah. Hey, Good to happens. have that. Good to have that it support. Is. You know, hey, as a Big sure. Brother myself, you know, sometimes you got to pave the way for the youngers. I get it. I get it. That's very true. Um, well, good stuff. Absolute crazy, uh, week, by the way, I just looked up a photo of Zarek, uh, for Chivas and I'll be sending that in the group chat asking him, uh, <laughs> what was going on. Um, but Hey, Columbus, you guys are up and amongst it. You're second in goals in the league. Uh, first in assists, uh, leading the goals inside the 18 as well with 16. Um, overall, <clears throat> that's you guys because are... of Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, that's I mean, where I lived. You guys are, hey, why make your life any harder, right? You know, like get as close as you possibly can. Overall, you guys are having a really, really solid season. It looks like uh, you're going to be able to put something special together. So we're very excited to continue to watch you guys and and kind of see see how it uh, all comes to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. My guest joined me. Oh, hello. How are you? (laughs) Are you a special Uh, guest? Just can't hear you, but. No uh-huh. worries. How have, uh, I was going to end real quick and just say, you know, ask how it is going to Columbus, how you guys are feeling. Like I said, you've got a lot of positive results, a ton of confidence. Aiden's kind of lighting the league up right now. He's in such a great patch. Um, yeah. Columbus, how's it going? It's going good. Um, the, the coaching staff has done a, a great job. I think they've, they've built a really good culture in such a short time um, where everybody feels important and the, that's huge, especially in the stretch coming up that we have. Uh, I think this after this Saturday, we have three games in eight days. And then we have a bye weekend. But then after that, we potentially have 10 games in five weeks. So we'll be meeting uh, everyone. And, um, yeah, it's been good. They welcomed me with open arms from day one. Um, and the style of play that Wilford and his staff have, have built was a huge reason why I came and uh, it's, it's fun to be a part of and facilities are incredible. The new stadium's insane. Um, 
Yeah. So life's good. Isn't it crazy yeah. that they almost lost their franchise? And like, oh, yeah, they're such a powerhouse and they're a staple. MLS yeah. 96 crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so glad they're still there and doing well. And it seems like anytime there's turmoil, they just go, oh yeah, watch this. And they go <laughs> in like an MLS cup or something. Yeah. Resilient. Yep. yep. Yeah. They show a lot of resolve in the face of adversity. Oh man. Love it. All right. Well, uh, guys, look, game week eight, it's in the books. Uh, we're excited. Uh, this league continues to surprise me every single week. Uh, but Christian, hope you go out and absolutely smash a Hattie next weekend. Uh, continue Let's go. the good form. Yeah. We're on artificial in Charlotte this weekend. <laughs> and who knows hey. what you're going to get from Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, you could get one of the best teams in the league or you could get yeah. one of the worst teams. Hopefully you get a, hopefully you get the worst version of Charlotte so you can get that hat trick, big guy. Racking that goal bonus. Just just don't forget about who set you up with the hat trick, okay? If you score a hattie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Just just pay it forward, big guy. Love it. Well, I like I said, I'm super hyped to uh to have you and kind of watch your career from NASL days now all the way back up to Columbus and, and as you guys are knocking uh in the hunt for the top spot there. So uh kudos to you. Um uh we'll put links in the description follow christian probably already are but anyways thank you for jumping on my man and uh cody appreciate you guys continue to do the work out there i appreciate the <laughs> shutout all right as yeah. much as you're bugging christian yeah. about a hat trick appreciate yeah. you getting the shutout yes sir Did yes sir christian thank you for coming on not yet we haven't been in since so uh, they're, they're they're coming don't you worry good good you earned it all right, all right. uh we'll be all right christian as always Thanks, we'll bud. be back with Thank match week nine See you later. See you. See you guys.